0: it's season is finally here the free agent out teams are now starting to turn to the trade market to address their needs is it time for the marlins to finally make some moves we're going to dig into all of the reaction on the trades that dropped yesterday plus where the marlins could be looking for acquisitions on today's show Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. This, of course, is your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up on Twitter, of course, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. Yes, it is verified. Yes, I have paid for it. It's all fun and games. Uh, Twitter Blue is back as well, right? More, More people can hit that button. All of a sudden, you've got gold ticks out there now. You've got, like, gray ticks, blue ticks. It's all happening. Anyway... If you are listening to the pod, greetings, and hit subscribe. Hit subscribe, still a daily pod. It's it's Tuesday, the 13th of December. This, in fact, is the Monday episode, so apologies for that. There will be a double episode Tuesday, but this one is going to be out early doors, so this is going out through the night for our U.S. guys, for the U.K. crew, for the guys out there walking in the ice and the snow today, this one is for you. Uh, There is a YouTube channel, and hit subscribe there, too. You will see. It's daytime, daytime pod not feeling amazing had an early night ish got distracted on Twitter a little bit too much so that uh that that plan of going to bed early was flawed but what I did get to see was what I would describe as the trade market opening yes sir trade season I think is finally here the free agent market is thinning and it was I guess it was already pretty much well it was a lot of action yesterday and catching in the catching spot uh not only did Christian Vasquez sign, uh, but also, there was a three-way trade going on with uh, the Braves, the A's, and the Brewers. There was catches going left, right, and center. Um, so we're going to kind of look at that one, what it means, and then also start to consider where the Marlins could and should be looking here. Uh, also, I was uh, spending some time looking at Brian Dela Cruz in particular. Um, I was taking a yeah, a, re- a relatively non-scientific view, but I was just scrolling into or through baseball savant, looking at some profiles. I was trying to see, you know, how Brian De La Cruz stacked up with some of the other guys that maybe the Marlins are chasing. And it's certainly, there were certainly some things that popped out. So we'll get into that too. But first and foremost, guys, trade season is here. The big trade dropped. Uh, the Braves uh, were acquiring uh former snooker player, Sean Murphy uh, from the A's. It then transpired that actually the Brewers were involved in. uh, Wild Bill Contreras going to the Brewers, and then I guess a a bunch of prospects and a backup catcher going to to the A's. So the first trade, really, in in any kind of anger, what was reported in the Herald uh, from Craig, Barry Jackson, I believe it was one of their collabos, uh, was that uh, the Marlins had shown some interest in Sean Murphy, which I think was interesting as well, uh, the fact that they were perhaps actively exploring an upgrade in any position. And I think that's that's the takeaway for me from a Marlins perspective is, yes, you look at the catching spot and you think Jacob Stallings, Nick Fortes, they obviously traded for Stallings last year. He has two years of control. Yes, he stepped back a little bit defensively. Yes, he stepped back offensively. Not that we're expecting tons anyway from Stallings, but the emergence of Fortes meant all of a sudden the Marlins probably felt pretty comfortable at the catching spot going into 23. What are we here? They're looking to upgrade means that if there are if there are guys available on the trade market that can be acquired, maybe below market acquisition levels i.e the A's want to sell, hey, let's pull the trigger and see if we can get the player. He is a top five catcher in the game, many would say. And so for the Marlins, I, I think it made sense to explore that. They have the capital to to pretty much you know get get who they want within reason uh, on any team. and there's there's one big name I do want to talk about a bit later on. Uh, But for me, that was the takeaway. The Marlins aren't afraid to pull the trigger on guys. Well, they didn't pull the trigger, so maybe they are afraid to pull the trigger. But then they're they're happy to check in and explore all opportunities, even where there's a position um, that is maybe already filled. They have greater needs than catcher right now. And would Sean Murphy move and propel this Marlins team to a 500 ball club on his own? No, he would not. Absolutely not. But I do like getting here. Hey, Murphy's available. I'm reading this, this article in the Herald. Hey, if Murphy's available, a lot of teams have a need at catcher, like the Marlins did last year, as if we recall, like it was it was bleak in the catching spot. Um, somehow we've gone from absolutely terrible to you know pretty okay, which is nice. Um, but my thought process was let's go and get Murphy. Doesn't matter that we don't really need him, if we can move some of our, you know lowering the system prospects to, to get Murphy and then try and flip him on. Um, that wouldn't be a bad thing. And you could package him up and, and try and do some kind of deal. Uh, shocker, the news then drops pretty much as I hit send on that. I hit send on that tweet. Next thing is Murphy's already gone to the Braves <laughs> and it was part of a three-way deal. So I guess in some ways, my thinking was not a million miles away, but the Braves, uh, acquire Murphy trade, I would say. It's definitely had mixed reviews from Braves' Twitter. I've got quite a number of Braves guys that I follow and uh, keep keep tabs on. It felt initially like it was uh, a little bit of a mixed bag. I think once it became clear the Brewers were involved and Contreras was going, I think the Braves were sitting there thinking Ames as part of this deal. Didn't transpire that way. In the end, only one player going to the Bravos, that is Sean Murphy. And they already have uh, Travis Darno. I know they've moved on William Contreras. Let's not forget William Contreras, Wild Bill, was an all-star in 2022. So the the Braves moving an all-star catcher, albeit, you know, spot as well, and getting Sean Murphy. Is it an upgrade? It is defensively. It is defensively there, but I would say that probably, yeah, Bill Contreras has the edge with the stick. The other interesting bit there is from a Marlins perspective, um, could they have gone and tried tried, gotten Bill Contreras, an all-star stick that was available, that was a catcher? Could they and should they have been in the mix there? Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. It sounds like they were in on Murphy. Maybe they missed the boat on Contreras. The A's get a you know bunch of prospects. The A's continue to sell all players. That also has ramifications for the Marlins, because as I've said uh, on a couple of episodes ago, Ramon Laureano fits the brief. He fits the brief in terms of elite center field defense. And I think he is an underrated stick. I really do. And I think he could be a really cheap option for the Marlins. In many ways, that fits the brief. The A's are looking to sell. The Marlins are looking to buy. And the reason why they should be content with that is because when you look at Brian De La Cruz's profile on Baseball Savant, go and look, go, go and have a look, go and check it out and go and look and compare against Brian Reynolds and Cedric Mullins. Those three guys, we've heard the Mullins over and over and over. Go and have a look. I'm going to tell you more about them in a sec, but before we do that, it's time to let you know about our Fine, baby. Let's get these graphics pumped. Bet online. Well, it is, of course, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there. From pro college, from pro football to college, ball season to basketball and the World Cup. Semi-finals start today. Got it all at betonline.net. If you love your sports podcast, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. I'm sure you do like your podcasts. They are the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Team starts. Love those graphics. Hmm. Okay, so Ramon Laureano at center field. Makes a ton of sense. Elite glove. Plug him into center field. Sort your defense out. Avi Garcia is going to be playing in right field all year. We know this. Skinny Avi. We'll wait to see what production we get from him. Let's hope let's hope he gets his body right, his mind right, and comes in hot. We would absolutely love to see it. it would be a massive upgrade, uh, and the Marlins really need to see some value from, from Avi Garcia. I'm very intrigued to see how the year plays out for Ravi, how the Marlins handle it. If we have another similar year, what does the future hold for Ravi? That is not one for today. What is for today, going back to uh, Brian De La Cruz, Skip Schumacher called it out when he spoke with Jeremy Taché, which I think was my main takeaway of the whole uh, episode there, was that Brian De La Cruz was expected to have around about 500 at-bats in 23. Skip Schumacher... Seem to be committing to Brian Dela Cruz. And he should be. He should be committing to him. When you go and look at the baseball savant profiles. And yes, there's more to it than the, just a baseball savant profile that looks nice and pretty. And is easy to digest for a casual fan with a podcast like me. But I went and looked at Brian De La Cruz. I went and looked at Ronald Acuna Jr. to see what his was like. Uh, Acuna Jr.'s looked Better than, than De La Cruz, no surprise. I went to look at what Juan Soto's look like. Um, and Soto's, boy, oh boy, it's probably the best baseball savant page I've ever seen unless you go as far down as the defense and then it is absolutely turgid. But Juan Soto, Acuna, two absolutely elite studs in the game. Their profiles, they show it in baseball savant. This is the point. You need to look at who who is elite and what does their profile look like Cruz, not a million. Miles. Go and look at the guys you're looking to trade for. Who are they? Brian Reynolds, Cedric Mullins are the two names we, we've talked about. Haven't heard much buzz on Mullins, actually, this, this offseason, which may be because the Orioles, all of a sudden, they're trying to, their window is opening. So why would they move Mullins? That is a good question. Reynolds, though, is a different situation. Pirates, still terrible. Uh, the Pirates seemingly aren't trying to sell. Uh, Reynolds clearly wants out. Um, We'll wait and see how that one plays out, but go and check the profiles out. Brian De La Cruz looks to me on the face of it to have a more interesting profile perhaps than Brian Reynolds offensively. He's way got cut. Co- he's way covering Cedric Mullins too. Yes. Cedric Mullins clearly pops on the defensive metrics, but De La Cruz and Reynolds both defensively look relatively uh, below average. I would describe it as uh, in 22. Um, but Brian De La Cruz's stick and profile look nice. Mainly, when you when you look at Brian De La Cruz overall, hampered hugely by bad luck early in the year. I remember it. The Babbitt was like crazy low. Crazy. Brian De La Cruz hitting the ball hard, but slumped. Then he went to AAA. Then he came back and played like a top five offensive player in the game. Which Brian Dela Cruz can you get? Clearly, you want that one for as long as you can. But we've seen it. We've seen it with Dela Cruz now that it's there. The ability's there. The profile is there. Let's plug him in at left field and let's roll. League minimum, though, that helps. Get the center fielder in to sort the defense out. Abby's in right field. And there's your outfield. Soler can kind of drop in. Jesus Sanchez will platoon as well. That feels to me like the approach. And for me, it's going to be Ramon Laureano on a cheap kind of uh, deal, or they swing something with the Diamondbacks for Alec Thomas. Um, Those two, for me, are the most obvious Fits for the Marlins. They have to do something at center field. We know that. But I do think that with Dela Cruz and an Avi Garcia bounce back and a platoon of Jesus Sanchez, the Marlins can make do with a glove-first center fielder. Sean Barrett will rejoice in this. He has always been happy with a glove-first guy. Make sure the the defense is right. And that's what I expect the Marlins to do. And I expect them to do it. Well, in reality, for Ramon Laureano, there is nothing holding them back. We know he is for sale. The A's are clearly selling. Maybe this is it. The, the 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 momentum is building for the A's. They pulled the trigger on one deal. Let's just finish it off with Ramon Laureano and get him out of here too. So would shock me if you get a pre-Christmas deal for Laureano, if indeed that is the top target. If the Marlins actually are considering other guys, i.e. if they're considering... um. Alec Thomas, maybe there's some more negotiation there. But clearly, the Diamondbacks are in that they're in that position where they have too many outfielders. Everyone knows that. A lot of teams do need outfielders, so there'll be perhaps some bidding there. Um, but I do think the profile, the past history, and the Miners, as I've mentioned many, many times, is so impressive for Alec Thomas. The defense is is nice, too. The Miners need to do something at center field. We know that. The trade will come, no doubt. They're not... Afraid to explore any other, any position, any position. If if there's a guy available, they'll check in. We know that. Let me just come to one guy that I do want to talk about. This is a wild thought. And the reason it's a wild thought is the player in question is Fernando Tatis Jr. Yes, Fernando Tatis Jr. The absolute stud from the Padres that... Hurt his wrist on a, on a dirt bike or whatever it might be and then got busted for PEDs. But when he's been on the field, he has been absolutely electric and we know that. But the question with Fernando Tatis and the Padres now is where are their heads at with him? He did sign a 14 year, 340 million contract with the Padres. So we have to he is extended all the way to 20. 34 when he is 35 and he is earning 36 million in that year contract it is a long contract and in reality doesn't overly fit the marlins profile for contracts that they look to dish out however the reason tatis is getting some buzz right now let's start with that i i could see it coming a few months back um and we don't know there's no reports that the the, the Padres are saying that they're happy to, you know, move Tatis out to right field, whatever it might be. Here's what we know with the Padres. There was, they weren't happy with Tatis last year when he got, when he had, A, had the accident, and B, was busted for PDs. Okay, it's an internal challenge there. They're not happy, rightly so. Signed this deal, and he's just fudged it. He's kind of done an Avi Garcia, but to an even greater degree, like Avi just signed the deal and just ballooned. Um, Tatis ended up missing the whole year. Um, and that's that's a problem for him and the relationship. So in my opinion, the relationship is not in a good spot. What do the Padres then go and do? They go and trade for Juan Soto. that will have an expiring deal coming up, uh, I believe, or after this year. So Juan Soto, now acquired, will need extending. They'll need to pay him. Here's the other thing. They then go out of their way and they've actually Explored pretty much any big free agent option, uh, particularly at shortstop. Trey Turner, they were heavily in on. They offered, I think, $400 million, I think, to Trey Turner um, or something crazy. Uh, couldn't quite get it done. He wanted to go to the Phillies. In the end, they go and get Xander Bogarts on a massive deal again. What does that say? It says to me, well, we've got one Soto. We need to pay him. We've now paid a shortstop for... The next 10 years or whatever it might be for Xander Bogarts. Where's Tatis playing? And I know everyone's thinking, oh, well, we'll shut him out of the right field. No! I, the Padres will say that. Of course they'll say that. And Tatis does have a full no-trade clause for a, at least a portion of his contract. So it may not be easy to make it happen. Howard, and the, uh, the Padres make it clear that Tatis is no longer in the plans Tatis may welcome the opportunity to go to a different organization, have a fresh start. For me, the Padres, everything they are doing is suggesting that Fernando Tatis Jr. is no longer part of the plans. He has burned his bridges, and the Padres have moved on. They've moved on. They've gone and got two guys into the organization to replace him, Soto and Bogarts. Tatis, in the year he's gone, he's lost his spot. It's not quite being wally-pipped. I don't think it's quite to that degree. And yes, you could move Soto across to to left field and maybe you should do. I mean, Soto's not good in right. Is Tatis good in right? Who knows? Is he good at short? He he was a bit shaky in the early years, but actually he's fine at shortstop. But Tatis is an elite talent, an elite talent. So what's going to happen with Tatis? In my opinion, in 2023, he'll be traded. He will be traded somehow. Yes, he has that no trade clause. Don't know how it plays out. But I think the relationship is cooked. The Marlins should be in it. Imagine if the Marlins go and make that move to get Fernando Tatis Jr. And what would, the, what would the, the package look like? At the end of the day, you've got to A, move the player that has got a check in history now. B, he's got a long-term contract that's sizable, um, particularly in comparison to, to current contracts. What's the prospect? You know, what's the, the, the trade package look like? I don't know. It wouldn't be as big as you would assume. If the Padres really want to want to move him on for whatever reason, they want to reallocate the resources, the relationship is busted, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. But the Marlins should absolutely be in the hunt. They should absolutely be in the hunt for Fernando Tatis Jr. There is no reason why they shouldn't. Just imagine Tatis in Miami. It would be sensational. I would be stunned if the Marlins, sorry, if Tatis... Gave it the green light that I'm going to waive my no-trade clause to go over to the Miami Marlins that have lost 90-plus games in four of the last five years. It's, it's probably unlikely. There's going to be other suitors out there. There's other clubs likely to be sniffing around. The Yankees feels like an amazing fit. There's other clubs that feel like an amazing fit for Tatis. The opportunity is likely there, in my opinion. The Marlins likely won't be able to get a deal done. They will check in on him but I don't think they'll be able to get it done. But I think it's a very, very intriguing story across Major League Baseball. Last year, I talked about Juan Soto multiple times. Everyone laughed at me. Pete, there's no way the Washington Nationals are moving Juan Soto. What happened at the deadline? Sense. Juan Soto on a rebuilding Nats team didn't make any sense. They weren't going to extend him. They did not want did Well, does it make sense? Talent-wise, no, it does but you can see from the moves that they are out on Fernando Tatis Jr. They've moved on. Soto and Bogarts is where they've gone, and they're going to look to reallocate those funds to those guys, and they're going to move Fernando Tatis Jr. In my opinion. So, let's let you know about our good friends over at simply Safe. It's time if you need some defense, <laughs> and I think the Padres, in, in part, do need some defense. Um, but at Locked On Marlins, we believe home. Should be where you and your family feel safest. Especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and your family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system. Simply Safe. And right now, Simply Safe is, o- is offering locked-on listeners 40% off a new security system. But don't put this off. Here's why it's for the 24-7 professional monitoring agents. Um, but also it's a whole home security with advanced sensors for every- Every room with security cameras inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion that alert you when only a threat is real and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Here's the other part, the 24-7 professional monitoring service I mentioned. Less than one buck a day. Less than one buck a day for that. Absolutely sensational. They've got a top-rated Simply Safe app. You can stay in complete control of your system, arm or disarm, unlock for a guest, Access your cameras or adjust system settings anytime, anywhere. Sounds absolutely sensational. Don't miss your chance to say big on my favorite security system. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB today. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like simply safe. All right, guys. Twenty two minutes in, there's going to be another episode. In In summary, here, Trade season has started. The Marlins have shown their hand. They're willing to go and inquire and have a discussion about a player. They haven't pulled the trigger. We know that. But they're happy to go and acquire anyone. If they are an above-average player at the major league level, the Marlins are interested. If you're selling, the Marlins are interested. They didn't need Sean Murphy. They didn't. But they were interested because either A, he could upgrade the team, or B, the Marlins could flip him. for for another guy later on down the line. Who knows? The Marlins are interested. The A's are selling, as we know. We know the A's are selling. Ramon Laureano is still on that roster, and he shouldn't be. The Marlins absolutely fit the profile there. Ramon Laureano fits the profile for the fish. Yes, he may be underwhelming versus other names, but Brian De La Cruz in the corners, given 500 at-bats, platoon with Jesus Sanchez, in my opinion, is enough. It's enough at left field, and we should embrace that. We're undervaluing Brian De La Cruz. We are. And I think the Marlins have made that decision already. Center field, we need to address. Then we need to get into this, uh, this infield. In reality, in the infield, when you look across, the Marlins have Jazz Chisholm Jr. He is an above-average hitter. The rest of the infield, and I maybe it's a little bit unfair to include Cooper in this, but the rest of the infield is fundamentally made up of utility guys, utility players all across the infield. Who am I including in that? Miggy Rowe, Joey Wendell, Groshans, LeBlanc, John Birdie, all of these guys, utility players fundamentally. You try to put any of those guys on any of the postseason rosters, they're not starting. Not all of those guys are replaceable. And the Marlins should explore replacements for all of them. Actually, all of them, the majority of them, have expiring deals as well. So the Marlins will have to replace them very soon anyway. But we're going to dig into that in the next episode. I wanted to really dig into what the trade market's saying, where the Marlins' heads are at, and also look at Fernando Tatis Jr. And why I believe the Padres will look to move him in the very, very near term. If they can get him to waive that no trade clause. The Marlins should be in on him. Will they make a deal? Probably not. Someone else will. Interesting Storyline. Thanks for making Lockdown Marlins your first listen of the day. And for the U.S. listeners, this probably will be your first listen of the day. It's going out about 4 or 5 a.m. Um, guys, I'll be back later, though, with a second episode this evening. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, have a great day. I'll see you then.